Welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. Thank you for supporting and listening to this amazing podcast. And don't forget, you can also watch this episode or previous episodes on my YouTube channel at Sergeant Major Mario P. Fields dash YouTube. Let's get ready to meet and listen to another guest who is willing to have discussions and remove their armor to help other people develop a accurate way of thinking. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Unarmored Talk Podcast. It's been a couple of weeks. Good to see you guys if you're on YouTube and if you're listening on audio. I know you love this deep voice. <laughs> I'm your host, Mario P. Fields, and today's guest is John Cobb. What's up, John? How's it going, Mario? Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. Man, I am doing amazing. Good to have you here. Ladies and gentlemen, he's a United States Marine veteran. He is an executive, personal, and business coach, and he does a lot more behind the scenes. But before we have two Marines have a wonderful discussion in removing his armor to help other people, number one, thank you, guys. Again, I read the statistics. I've done my research. I am just blessed uh, to have some wonderful, loyal supporters on the YouTube channel and in the audio world for supporting an Armor Talk podcast. We're doing amazing. We continue to do great things, and I cannot do it without you. I remain committed to producing quality episodes that helps you develop a accurate way of thinking. And number two, our sponsor, Robert and Miriam Norris. Take charge your health.usana.com. Come on, guys, get on there. Improve your health, feel better, and look as young as Mario P. I think I turn 34 <laughs> next year. <laughs> yeah. So we're done with that. We're done with that stuff. Let's get to the real deal, the main event, the main person, the only reason why we're having an episode today. John, can you tell the listeners and viewers a little bit about yourself, my friend? Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, again, thank you for having me. So John Cobb, uh, Got four kids, four girls, keeps life busy, wow. two dogs on top of that. So I like to say I live in a house of, uh, gosh, six girls now, and I got we just got a boy puppy, so uh, it's a little more balanced now. But uh, that's a little bit on the personal side. Professionally, like you said, started off in the Marine Corps, uh, ended up going to work for State Department for a while, went to business school. We could talk about all that. Yeah. Uh, ended up starting my own company, and that's what I do now. So I help businesses with management consulting. Um, which is, which is great, but my real passion is helping individual people be more successful and, you know, find the faith to go after what they really want to do. Uh, once they figure that out, then help them take the steps necessary to be successful in their personal and professional life. Nice. And before we get into some, some good stuff, how can people find you if they wanted to learn more about John Cobb? Thank you for asking. So the best way to connect with me is on LinkedIn. Feel free to send me a connection request or follow me. Uh, just look for John, J-O-N, no H, Cobb, C-O-B-B, and I should pop up. Nah, yeah, and ladies and gentlemen, it'll be in the show notes, too, if you guys, um, again, go into the show notes and you can click on a link. I'll make sure it's there so you can find this inspirational professional we have in front of us. So you look at John. You know, you got one on LinkedIn. I got to know John over the last few weeks, and you go, man, that guy's successful, served in the United States Marines. Uh, you, you know, right. Uh, he's got some degrees, right? He got a couple of couple of certifications there. And now he's an entrepreneur. But John, from my understanding, what what happened, man? What, what Talk to me about high school, Marine Corps and some journey after that. 
Yeah, not always as easy as it looks on the surface. You know, I think there are, there are two stories. I could tell you like, hey, here are all the places where I succeeded. I got a degree here. I went to this school. I started my mm -hmm. company. But there's also a backstory, a completely different story about the failures and the challenges. And actually, the one thing that's missing on the wall behind me right now is a, a rejection letter from the, the school that I really wanted to go to. And uh, I, I keep that in mind because it was so meaningful to me. But going back to, to high school, I only got two full years of high school. Um, wow. I went to a uniform school where I was the only kid going there with, with holes in my clothes, holes in my uniform. And so I had a little bit of a you know mindset that I was the poorest kid in the school. I don't know if that was true or not. Uh, I was very blessed growing up with my family, you know, and, and certainly things could have been a lot worse. But my perception, my self-perception was that I was the poorest kid in the school. Mm. And having the the privilege of going to a great public charter school um, with great teachers and, you know, other students coming from wealthier families, I first got the perception that there was something else out there, that it was possible to reach a different level of, you know, economic status, if you will. Um, so that was the first step that got me curious about, you know, where I was and where other people were and how I could start to bridge that gap. And then uh, I started doing things that were more on the entrepreneurial side in high school, you know, selling candy and soda and stuff during lunch and things like that. And just, just doing whatever I could to try and hustle my way, if you will, to, you know, make a better life. Uh, so that's kind of how I, I started off. Nobody really talked to me about going to college. My parents didn't have the privilege of going to, to college. Right. They didn't understand what that journey looked like. And my plan was to join the Marine Corps, uh, to gain some discipline, you know, get the GI Bill, go to school. And I wanted to become a Marine Corps officer. Um, but uh, that was kind of my plan, you know, get the discipline, figure school out, do that later starting off in the Marine Corps. And I, I really wanted to be a Marine. And uh, when I first went to the recruiter, they said, hey, it's not possible. You didn't graduate from high school. You know, we're only taking high school graduates. So I went back to the district. I found a way to graduate. Uh, ended up being able to graduate on time because I, I knocked out a few classes real quick. Right. Um, so, you know, adapt and overcome. I found a way to do that. Ended up joining the Marine Corps or at least signing the contract when I was 17. And then I went to boot camp right when I turned 18. Wow. Wow. Isn't that something that, you know, here it is. You're like, Hey, I want to be a Marine. And they're going, well, you, you didn't, you did not officially graduate high school and you had a choice too. You didn't have to go back and take a few classes to kind of, you know, meet that metric, but, but you did anyway. So you joined the Marines and you did, uh, what we do, uh, 50, uh, 50 years, John, was it 50? <laughs> <laughs> it felt like it sometimes. Right. Um, you know, I think life is so much more simple when you know what you want. And I had connected with some of the people in the Marine Corps, the recruiters and other people that came into the office. And I knew that I wanted to live a life of service. I wanted to help people. Um, I love that, that idea of protecting people. Yeah. And looking back now, I understand that drive and how important it is to me. And I, I couldn't have uh, really understood that at the time, but I've always been kind of that protector. So I was a lifeguard for a little bit in high school. Then I became a Marine. I did uh, high threat protection for the State Department, and now what I what I feel I do is protect people, uh, if you will, in helping them ungive up on themselves. And yeah. so I've always had that protector instinct. And but, why do uh, you think why do you think that, John? Why do you think over your journey that you've become your passion has become to protect other people? 
That's a, a great question. Um, and one I've thought about a lot. And I think there are two reasons for that. One is my father and the example that he set for me mm. as someone who was always putting other people first. You know, he would, uh, he volunteered a lot at church and he would always look for the most thankless job. And he had a, a true servant leader heart. He still does. Um, so that had a big impact on me. The second thing is that I felt like there were times when nobody was there for me. And, you know, when I was in high school, uh, trying to figure out what college looked like after I graduated, uh, I didn't know who to turn to. I didn't know who to talk to about career counseling and things like that. So I realized the importance of having a mentor. And now that I have the ability to be that person, to help people, to give them perspective that they might not have from anybody else in their life, that's been really rewarding for me. So I'd say those are the two reasons why yeah. uh, I am kind of the person that I am today and always looking out to help people. The power of a dad and a mentor. And you know, right? The power, you said that. I, I watched that. And, 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 and I'll say I, I had some amazing mentors along the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I wouldn't be who I am without them. My martial arts instructors and some of the teachers I had, but there are also those times when you feel like you don't have anybody either. Right. And those are the times when, um, you know, you can be proactive about finding somebody, but if you've ever been in that situation where you felt like you didn't know what to do and the rest of your life is on the line, then you know what it's like and how important it is to be a mentor yourself. Right. Yeah. So here it is now you're right. You, you survived the, you survived the school where everyone looks pretty decent and you got some dirt stains on your, on your pants, you know, and then you join the Marines and, and, you, and you're doing great things in the Marines. Um, when you, when you, when you decided to get out of the Marines, was everything good? Kosher, right? Was, was, was the road to, to success smooth? Stay with us. We'll be right back. I'm Michael Severs, the writer, producer, and creator of The Silver King's War, a podcast series about my father's Second World War as a B-26 bombardier. Stanley L. Silverfield, a first lieutenant in the United States Army Air Corps from Birmingham, Alabama, rode in the nose the greenhouse of the famed Martin Marauder. You can find The Silver King's War wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, so I love my time in the Marine Corps. I uh, came very close to re-enlisting, but I, I got to admit, I was a little bit burnt out. I did back-to-back -back deployments to Iraq. Mm -hmm. I was stationed at 29 Palms, uh, which I'm sure you know is is uh, pretty pretty desolate. That's hot. a beautiful place, John. <laughs> <laughs> Middle of the desert in if, uh, California. If, so, and, and for for my listeners and viewers who 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 uh, haven't served in the military, uh, 29 Palms is the Mojave Desert. I, I want to say in in keyword desert. <laughs> yeah, it's one of the only places on earth that's hotter than Iraq. It's right there by Death Valley. Um, so, you know, back to back deserts. And I had also met my wife right before my second deployment in the Marine Corps. Wow. So uh, we met like a week before I deployed uh, through our church. And then we wrote letters World War II style, you know, that would take like two months to get across the ocean, uh, paper, snail mail letters. So, you know, that's kind of how we started to, uh, to get to know each other. And then we got married and, um, I'm glad, glad that I got out because it was good for my family, but I, right. I certainly missed it too. Right. Right. So, so, you, you know, you do, you do, you know, thanks, thanks for your service, my friend. And, and you, you go to Iraq a couple of times and, and you, so you make the decision to get out 
Um, so how, how was uh, how was post Marine Corps journey? How was that that uh, that journey? Yeah, I thought I had a job lined up when I got out and uh, didn't work out that well. Um, there are so many great programs for veterans now. You know, SkillBridge is an amazing program to help transitioning service members. I feel like there was not as much of that when I got out. Yeah. And my, my transition services, they kind of said, like, you can be a, a truck driver or you can stay in. Uh, nothing against truck driving, but it wasn't what I wanted to do. Right. So, you know, I got out with the intent of going back to school and uh, wasn't able to start school right away. So I found myself in this this lull where I had left the scout sniper platoon that I was part of in the Marine Corps. And, you know, we we felt like we were elite. We were in great shape. Um, we just got kind of back from our deployment and you kind of have this invincible feeling when you're really plugged into a tribe. And there's a great book uh, called Tribe by Sebastian Younger. Uh, but, you know, you have that community around you and you know who you are and you feel like you're really good at something. And then when you leave the military, a lot of times that can get stripped away from you where you're, you're not connected to your tribe. You feel like you're not as good at things when you're changing your career. And, you know, you don't have this community and, and you're kind of isolated. So I ended up in this spot where I was, you know, basically homeless for a while, um, trying to find out what the next step was. And that was a pretty depressing place to be in, where I had gone from like this, this high to this low point, you know, very isolated. Yeah. Wow. Why? And how long, how long were you kind of in that, that kind of low point of your life? Yeah, a, a few months. Um, yeah. Things ended up working out for a, a job that I had applied to as I was transitioning out. And so, you know, it wasn't the end of the world, but sometimes it feels like that. Sometimes you feel like you're stuck and it's never going to change. And uh, one of the things that I, I just remind myself of now is that this too shall pass, no matter what's going on, no matter what type of tough situation you're in, it's not going to be forever. And the more proactive steps you take to change things, the faster you're going to get out of that situation. So I'm, I'm grateful for the people that did help me and uh, for my wife for, for helping me, you know, move past that. But it, it can feel like you are stuck there forever. And that's not true. Right. Yeah. And I, I like how you, um, you, you know, like how, how you highlighted that you, that, that no matter how bad it seemed, you, you chose that you chose to think and develop a belief that it can't, it can't last forever. Like this, I can't be like this forever. <laughs> and that's, I think the war in your mind, you know, you've got this part of your brain that is focused on the immediate present and, and depressed. And then you have to fight that and get all the help you can, you can find, you know, whether it's motivational speakers on YouTube or podcasts like this, like find the people that can remind you that there is more to your story to come right. and that you're on a journey that has not ended yet. And I found those people, uh, one of the people that had the biggest impact on me was Les Brown. I talk about, you know, the videos and, and the inspiration that he provided to me all the time. And that's when I decided to double down on myself and the journey that I was on and reaching my my goals. And, uh, you know, I, I give people like Les Brown and, and Greg Plitt, um, his videos were extremely motivational for me as well to, to start fighting back against that kind of gravitational pull to, to give up and to, you know, accept the situation as it is. And because of that, I was able to take baby steps in faith in the right direction. And I started going to a community college, which led to me uh, going to Vanguard University, which is a fantastic school in Southern wow. California. 
Um, and then I did a, a program at Stanford, graduate certificate program at Stanford, went to Vanderbilt from there for my MBA, and then later to uh, to the Harvard Kennedy School for another master's degree. So, you know, I started taking those baby steps in the right direction. Um, and it doesn't matter where you start. I started with a community college, you know, and people might think, oh, I went to a community college. I can never go to a school like Harvard or Stanford. But when you keep making those investments in the right direction, right. It's like going up a staircase one step at a time. You will get to the top if you keep going, but you've got to have faith to keep taking the next step. Wow. And if, if in, in reflecting back on your time in the Marines, um, if you had to pick a trait, something that developed a skill that you developed when you served in the Marines, um, what would it be that you believe may have helped you get through the toughest times after uh, your service? Yeah, I'd have to say that was the indomitable spirit. And that was something that I began to learn um, in middle school and high school with my traditional martial arts teacher, Master Che, uh, phenomenal teacher who taught me about the concept of the indomitable indomitable spirit mm. and you know that no-quit attitude. And then when I joined the Marine Corps and went to boot camp, I took that to a whole new level. Right. And, and being in Iraq and going on missions where you're hungry, you're tired, you know, it's 120 degrees and you're laying in the sand in a, a sniper hide all day and things like that, you have to have that that mindset that nothing can beat you, uh, that your your spirit is bulletproof and not letting things conquer you. So even when I got out and I was in that that low point, there was still a part of me that had not given up. Right. You know, I might be in a corner, <laughs> but I'm I'm fighting back. And so <laughs> That's the indomitable spirit that I think is uh, the key to overcoming any problem. Wow, that that is awesome. Yeah, the, the spirit, and it's a choice, ladies and gentlemen. You know, it's a choice. It's a belief system, and you can choose it. And you guys saw, you know, you see what happened to, to John. I mean, you know, from, you know, from again, from going to school with some uh, kind of torn clothes, if you will, and I'm exaggerating probably. Oh, no, John, am I? <laughs> no, I'm, I, I was a mess. I mean, you know. Yeah, it, it, it was it was tough. Um, I, I, I went to school without, you know, lunch. Sometimes I missed a lot of school because we couldn't afford gas. My parents had to drive me to school. So oh, man. Uh, even though even when I was a full time student, I missed a lot of school. My parents did the best they could. And, and yeah. uh, I'm, I'm very lucky. They were they were rich in a lot of non-monetary ways that, that blessed me. But, uh, you know, I, I didn't have a, a silver spoon. And I think a lot of people would assume, oh, he, he went to Harvard, you know, he must come from a, a wealthy family or something. And actually, I met a lot of people there who were first generation college grads. And wow. it was really inspiring to see people who were so motivated um, because they came from nothing, so to speak. Wow. And, uh, I love this quote, uh, you know, families are always rising and falling in America and anything is possible. And I love that concept and I wanted to put it to the test. I wanted to see if it was really possible to change your, your, you know, situation in life. And I wanted to provide better things for my kids and uh, thank God for giving me the faith to keep acting and stepping forward and, and taking those risks um, so that I can do that. That is cool. And this is perfect for the podcast too, because again, the, on Armor Talk is, is to help the listeners, viewers understand that to, to, to think is a choice. Um, but you you can, right? You can improve the outcome of situations by accurately thinking through things, not emotionally reacting to everything. And you Absolutely. just wow, you just you just 
um, articulated that very, very well. Looking back, looking back on on this journey f- from from where you the humble beginnings where you thought you were the poorest kid in school, you know, <laughs> to 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 you know, certify Jordan Marines and and getting past those mean drill instructors and doing a couple of tours in Iraq to, you know, to, to, you know, to homeless, almost being homeless for a few months to now look at you with, with four wonderful daughters, some, some uh, amazing pets and, and now some uh, degree to include Harvard. Looking back, if you had to give the listeners and viewers a piece of advice, what would you give them? Yeah, I'd, I'd say appreciate the challenges for what they are. I'm so thankful for each of those challenges because they made me stronger. And, you know, the drill instructors who were harder on me than anybody else ever would be. <laughs> um, I'm so grateful for that experience because they made me a better person, truly. And, you know, when I went through things later in life, uh, going to grad school or something, it was nothing compared to that. So it put things in perspective. And, you know, the the childhood that I have, I'm, I'm grateful for everything I have now. So I know it's always hard in the moment to appreciate something that feels like it's unbearable or it's really tough, but decide how you want to be defined by those hardships. Because every story in our lives is something that we are telling ourselves and we attach meaning to those stories. And if you attach meaning to a story that, you know, your life is, is worthless or it's wasted or that you have been a victim, then that's going to be your story and you can be trapped there for a long time versus allowing yourself to be transformed and to rise to the occasion and decide that you're not going to let something beat you no matter how hard it was. That is a very different story. And those stories and how you interpret them are going to make you a different person depending on the, the meaning that you give them. So, you know, look back at your life, find out what those critical mo- moments are. What are the stories that you have used to define yourself and really think about the meaning that you're giving them and how you might see them in a different perspective and take control and not be the victim, be the person who was, you know, uh, called to help other people who have been the same thing through the same things, yeah. as opposed to someone who is just suffering from that situation. There's a lot of power in finding the, the purpose to help other people through what you've experienced instead of just ending there with, with the fact that you suffered through it. Nice. You guys heard from John, you know, embrace challenges and transform from them. Don't let them own you. You own them and define what is next for you in your life and your thought process and your behaviors. John Cobb, Super Five, my friend. Rah. Rah. Thank you so much for coming on Unarmored Talk Podcast. I truly appreciate you, brother. Thank you so much. It's an honor. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't think I mentioned this, but I have an app coming out right now called the Job Search Bootcamp to help everybody who is in that career pivot point or transitioning out of the military, probably a couple of weeks away. Uh, actually, by the time this episode's out, it should be available on the iOS app store and the uh, the Google Android Play store. Um, but step-by-step guide to help people through their career transition and to find better jobs faster. So uh, in addition to LinkedIn, that's a, a great place to find me. Just search Job Search Bootcamp in the app stores and uh, I'd love to work with you and help you find those new opportunities and and uh, take those steps in faith to achieve your dreams. Sweet. And that's called Job Search Bootcamp? Yes, Job Search Bootcamp. Job Search Bootcamp. We'll make sure we have that in the show notes. Also, Thank make you. sure I, I, well, I'll work with you to put that on my LinkedIn profile. That is awesome, man. That Thank is you, awesome. Brian. No, thanks for helping uh, 
looking for new ways to help transitioning service members and spouses, uh, you know, go from that, uh, that right, that, that uh, life of service to the private sector, man. Truly appreciate it. No, thank you so much. Well, ladies and gentlemen, you guys know the deal. I'll see you guys in a couple of weeks, or you can hear me in a couple of weeks. God bless you all. Be safe. And until next time, we'll see you later. Thank you. God bless. Thank you, sir. Ladies and gentlemen, another episode that uh, was amazing. Don't forget, if you want to learn more about what I'm doing when it comes to minerals and vitamins and the holistic approach to good health, email me at host at unarmoredtalk.com to learn more, or you can visit the sponsor's website at takechargeyourhealth.usana.com. Again, Robert and Miriam Norris, wonderful people. And they are doing great things to help us feel healthier. We'll see you guys in a couple of weeks. Be safe.